Welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review our show. I'm your host, Alex Wong. We'll have Alvin Williams of Sportsnet joining us in a second. And for the Willow Stands, Will is home today, but he will be joining me in the second segment just to catch him up and, um, you know, just get our banter back. But the Raptors losing streak after the weekend is now at five games. Lost at the buzzer to the Brooklyn Nets on Friday. Shout out to Utah Watanabe and not Kyrie. And yesterday they were blown out by the Golden State Warriors without Steph Curry, without Andrew Wiggins, a Golden State team that came in with a 2-14 and 14 record on the road, Jordan Poole with a career high, 43 points. And now the Raptors are back on the road this week with three games starting tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers, hoping to snap this losing streak. They're now 13 and 17 on the season. OG Ananobi, who has been out, is listed as questionable for tonight. And yesterday, Nick Nurse did say that he expects. OG to be back at some point this week, saying that his hip and hand issues are improving in terms of the other injuries. Gary Trent Jr. is still still dealing with a thigh problem in both his legs. And Nick said, quote, it doesn't look like it's getting much better. And I think they're searching for more answers at this point with regards to the trainers and, and the medical staff. So that's the injury update. But I think a lot of people want to talk about just where the Raptors are at right now given their losing streak and given what fans have seen through 30 games so far this season. So joining me on the line is Alvin Williams of Sportsnet. Alvin, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you, Alex? Good, good. The Raptors are not doing so well. And I think from the outside looking in, a lot of people, you know, maybe just on a surface level, look at it's the same roster, mostly returning this season. And we've seen some improvements year to year from players like Pascal and OG, but the team seems to be trending in the wrong direction and don't really have an identity right now. You know, if you were to look at a big picture, like like what's your diagnosis of, of why the team is struggling so much right now? I mean, for me, it's defense. Defensively, the team isn't just they're not uh they're not locked in the way you would need a team to lock in, especially when your shooting is down. You know, a lot of people can make emphasis on the shooting, but for me, I, I look at defense because I think defensively is the ultimate team side of the sport. When when your offense is going well, it masks a lot of mistakes. When your defense isn't so well, it really shows, like it highlights where where you, where your deficiencies are. So I think defensively, no matter what, you're going to have to get stops. You're going to have to, you know, stop allowing 120, 125, 123 points in a game in 36, 37, 40 point quarters. That's when you when you start locking in. So I think defensively, the Raptors have to really turn it up in order for them to make a turnaround at some point of the season. Yeah, and you know I think defensively too. You know you can talk about you know certain skill guys like a Jordan Poole, and you know like earlier this season Tyrese Maxey. You know certain players having career nights against the Raptors, and I feel like that's that's very uncharacteristic based on what we've seen from this team and its identity over the past couple of years. And and you know I think. I think people look at, at the defense too, and sometimes it's not just the scheme, and sometimes it's the effort, it's the communication. 
you know, when you're on a losing streak like this, um, how do you get some of that stuff back um, as as you continue to slide game to game? Man, I mean, it's tough. The NBA, when, when you get in these type of slumps and you start trending in this direction, it's, it's tough because you don't get a lot of practice time. You don't get a lot of time, you know, on the court with yourselves and the coaching staff and, and correct some of these things. So a lot of times you're going on the fly in a game. And it's just like anything else. Momentum can go the opposite way. And that's the most challenging part about an NBA schedule when you get down like this. So you have to you have to figure it out amongst yourselves. And sometimes it just takes one game. It takes one game no matter what the team is, no matter – what's going on, who you're playing. It takes one game to start getting that good feeling back. So so it's not one thing that you can point on or touch on to say this is how we get it going. You yeah. can watch film, you can do all of these things, but it's going to take actually a game or a few games for you to get that get your mojo back. Yeah, and I wonder too, like I know you've been on you've been on good teams, you know, you've been on struggling teams throughout your career, like, at what point does, does just pride kind of kick in, right? Because, like, you know, us media members, we're asking these players the same questions. We're asking the coaches the same questions from week to week, you know, as the losses are piling up. And I know the players are saying the right things about sticking together and all of this. But but when you're on a streak like this, at what point does the pride just kick in and you just got to go out there and just fight for a win, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think pride is there. It's just, to be honest, you're playing against another team that has a lot of pride, too, and they're other great players. You know, sometimes you can, when you're in the amateur sports and things, you can look at a schedule and say, you know what, we probably can get this when we're much better, we're much more talented than this guy, these guys, or whatever the case may be. With NBA, you just never know. You never know who you're running into because everyone's talented, right? You say you run against a team without, without uh, Steph Curry. And then Jordan Poole's very talented, but no one saw 43 points or a 40-point game coming. And just like you think back the last time the, Six- the Raptors played the Sixers without Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey goes off for 44 points mm-hmm. or something like that. So you just you can't ever take anything for granted. So once again, you have to work from within, and you have to make sure you rely on each other. It's not going to be one play or one person that's going to get you out of that slump. It's going to be everyone together. So you want to you want to hope for everyone to be healthy, and you want to hope for everyone really truly buying in, and 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 doing what they need to do to put themselves in position to win. Because a lot of times you you're in position to win, and then you lose it at the last minute or last moments of the game. So it's going to take a complete effort from everyone. And once again, if you hit that one game, and that can that one game can turn things around, and you can look back at your schedule and say, you know, that was the game that boosted us or propelled us to to go on the street. Yeah, because because listen, you know, you know, when this team is down, you know, I think it does feel like, you know, that, that, that they're never going to win another game again, which, you know, we all know is not true. When, when you're just looking at it from from a big picture standpoint and seeing how this team has played and taking into account all the factors, the injuries and all of that stuff, like how like on a scale of, say, like one to ten, ten being like the most concerning, how concerned are you about just the way this roster is constructed and what they can do long term? I mean, you know. I'm, I'm once again, we all are. We're from the outside looking in and you just never know what, what the team projections are, what, what the plan, what the game plan is, you know, of course it's winning. You know, I don't think anyone came to this season thinking this team would not, you know, be competitive and trying to win and, and get at the East and, you know, make a push for a championship. And I still believe they have the pieces. They have pieces. They have a core that will allow them to be competitive. You know, when you talk about the players that they have, you talk about 
you know, Scotty Barnes, you know, past couple of games, he's showing who he, who he can be, but more on a consistent basis. When you get OG back, you know, everyone know that what he brings as a, from a two-way player. And Pascal playing at a high level. Fred, Fred Van Vliet is scoring at a high level again. And I think once again, once you, once you realize that all of these people and these pieces, if they play at their, their best, they can give themselves a chance to win in this East it, it, without a doubt. But it's going to take that. It's going to take all of it coming together. It's going to take everyone combined. It's going to take time. And it's going to take health. But I, I still believe the pieces are there, whether it's together or you have the pieces that you can make a move because these are substantial pieces. These are very talented pieces, and you can move and still have value for them. So I think the Raptors really put themselves in a position where they're in a very good position to move forward however they see fit. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's interesting talking about potential moves that, that they can make. And, you like, you know, with the way the team is playing right now, there's just been, you know, increasingly more chatter, um, especially leading up to the trade deadline a couple months about which direction the Raptors can go. You know, as as a player in that locker room, and it's not to say that you don't believe in the guys that are in there, but, you know, when you're looking at injuries and you're looking at the starters playing a lot of minutes and you're hoping for more depth on the team, like at some point, you know, when you're in that room, like as a player, like are some of the players possibly just looking at the front office too and saying that, hey, like, you know, we'd like some reinforcements here, like a couple upgrades here to, to the positions of need. Man, I, I tell you, in, in that locker room, there's a lot of, and I'm not saying a Raptors locker room, mm-hmm. but in, in a professional locker room, there's going to be a lot of finger pointing. Mm-hmm. There's, going to, there's going to be a lot of excuses thrown around, whether it's to each individual, the coaches, or the upper management, or anything, right? So when, you, when you're in this position, this is why it's so delicate, because losing, it just, it just brings everything. It highlights everything that's wrong. Winning, the same things could be going on, management, coaching, players, but if you're winning, you're not going to say anything, and it looks good. It's, it's, it's just makeup. That's, that's what winning is. But when you really get down to the nuts and bolts of it, the core of what you're de- establishing and developing, it will come to light if you're not winning. So there's going to be a lot of finger pointing, and that's the piece that's so challenging because that's what can't happen if you're going to get out of this slump. Like, you can't have the finger pointing. You can't have the excuses. you got to man up. you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, how can I make this team better? And how can I do it in the, in the realms of what the team is trying to accomplish together? Because, once again, one individual is not going to bring them out this slump. So limit the finger pointing and limit the negative thinking and make sure that everyone stays together and stays on their square to move forward because that's the only way you're going to do it. But, once again, it's so delicate because it only takes two or three more losses before everything goes crazy, right? So you just got to be really careful and really, really, really stick to the script when, you, when you're amongst your team. Yeah, no, I think I think the, the Raptors are, are like you mentioned, re- reaching a pretty critical point, especially with the three row games this week. And you know, I look at someone like Christian Coloco, who I think was a really good story at the start of the season. And I think you know he's been put in this. I don't know if impossible is the right word, but in, in this tough situation where you're a second rounder, you're a rookie, and you know there's clearly a, a development curve for a player like that. But at the same time, there's expectations on this team to win. So, you know, I, I think the starting center position or even just the rim protection of this team ha- has been called into question. And, and you know, a lot of people have talked about wanting to, to add a, a traditional big to, to this lineup or, or looking at someone like a Jakob Pertl who might be up available, who's on the Spurs right now. 
Um, what do you what do you make of that talk in terms of uh, what what a what a traditional big man or adding another big would would, would help on this team right now? You know, it's amazing that you even you you mention it the traditional big man because if you look around the NBA and and as of late the past four or five maybe seven years the traditional big man has is extinct mm-hmm. like no one wants that traditional guy now people are asking for it. and that's what I mean when you when you're losing right when things come out it, this is what's needed we need a seven footer that's going to clog up the paint and you know a year ago it was. You know, this team is a very unique team. It's multiple sides. Everyone can play the same position and their length and, their, and all of that stuff. That was the strength of the Raptors. So that that's the piece where you have to talk to the coaches. And what player, Jakob Portal, if it's uh, Akeem Olajuwon, if it's <laughs> Ralph Sampson, like what fits into what he's trying to do? You know, you talk about Coloco. Coloco's a young player who's had some games where he, you know, changed shots, blocked shots, and, and defended the paint. But if you're a young player and you're not getting those consistent minutes, block shots and playing that defense, that's timing and that's rhythm. So if you're not playing that position over and over with the consistent minutes, you're not going to get that production over and over like that. So it's going to take time for him to build and develop. But I think, once again, when you talk about adding and subtracting pieces, everything has to go into line with what the coach and how they feel that that player best suits their style of play and their philosophy. So it's very challenging. It was very hard for us to say what's needed unless the coach says, you know, this is what we're going to need. And then we can identify the type of players that may fit the team and what they need at that time. Yeah. You know, I think when a team's going through struggles like this, it does call into question, like the bigger stuff that we've talked about, like the roster construction. And, you know, we talk about the word traditional, you know, the Raptors clearly haven't been that when it comes to building their current roster, you know, they've made an emphasis on, on having these six, nine wing guys and, and not so many, you know, again, using the word traditional, like traditional guards on the team. Um, you know, again, I think this is another, another thing that a lot of people have been talking about. And especially because the team is struggling, like, you know, do, do you still believe in, in that vision of, of, of what the Raptors are, are trying to build with, with this roster? Yeah. I mean, you look at the success where where it came from and a lot of people talk about you know the internal growth and the player development and when you look at your core whether it's OG it's OG Fred Pascal that that development came from within right and now those players are who they are and you add a few other players Gary Trent Jr you add you add Scotty Barnes that's in the mix and then you have Chris Boucher that I that I believe that's a, a very very critical piece as well but who's the other players that you're going to invest in that, that you can see that can help you grow from within? And is, is there going to be an opportunity where you can go out there and get another Kawhi Leonard or a player of that stature that can help you go over the top or get over the top? I think when you, when you look at the Raptors, they're at a place where those the core, that's the core. You know, they're very high-level basketball players, but they're going to need support just like a Kyle Lowry and just like a DeMar DeRozan. And then when, when, when Kawhi Leonard came, they needed that support. And it came from a Fred. It came from a Pascal. It came from that. Who are going to be the next Pascal and Fred coming up into this group, into this culture? And I think that's what you're looking at if you continue going with their philosophy of growing from within and then making a move when it's time to. So it, it, that, And you know how long that took. So it's going to take time if that's still going to be the process because I still believe Toronto does have the challenge. It's not as easy as going out getting free agents. You can't rely on a free agent. You can't rely on a draft pick. 
So it's going to have to be a strategy that I think the Raptors have been very successful in from the in, internal growth. And I think that's, I don't think that's ever a bad way to go about developing or continue sustaining your success as a team. Yeah, no, you're showing a lot more patience, Alvin, than, than the fan base right now. Because cause I, oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of frustration you know, right now. But, you know, the fan base have been spoiled over the past, what, 15 years, probably from the Raptors, <laughs> you know, playing at a high level and then winning the championship. And But I, I've been on a team, man, where we didn't win much. And, and I know, you know, turnover and trying to to get this person for that, that that's not the answer. You know, you may you may hit the lottery one time, but that's not going to sustain. And you know, if you didn't have that internal growth um, from before, that Kawhi Leonard experience could have been a disaster. Because you know, of course, Kawhi Leonard can win a championship, but if Fred and Pascal and those guys weren't ready to, you need to still make the playoff push and still have an exciting team, then who knows where the team would be after 19, 2019. So I think you know the way the Raptors did it. Did it I think you still put yourself in position to be competitive and also still have value for those players that you grew. Once again, whether they're going to stick with you or you have, or you use them, you know, as trade value as well. Yeah. Alvin, this is why I could, this is why I got to do this job and not be, uh, you know, ever be a GM. Not that anyone was looking to hire me because, you know, one bad week <laughs> and I'm trying to fire the coach. I'm trying to trade half the roster, you know, so I'm not, I'm not built for that front office life. Yeah, it's 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 a tough life because everyone's looking at you and how you're constructing things, but it's so much that goes into that. And then I tell you the biggest thing that goes into it all: having luck. You gotta have luck because mm-hmm. no one foresee a player, whether it's a Steph Curry coming out or you get a you know, there's a few players that you can foresee that's going to be that person that's going to change your franchise around. So it takes a lot of luck and a lot of game planning. Yeah, um, I just want to switch gears really quickly. Before I let you go, ask you about Fred a little bit, too, and Malachi. You know, Fred was under the spotlight recently with, with his shooting slump, and he bounced back with, with two back-to-back 39-point games against Sacramento and, and Brooklyn. And in the last two games, you know, he's hit four three-pointers, which which is the first time he's hit four three-pointers in both games, which is the first time that he's done that, as I'm looking at the stats, since, like, early in the season um, was there ever a worry for Fred? And, and like, what what are you seeing from Fred recently with his bounce back? No, it's no worry from Fred. Not on my end. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched I watched this man, you know, have one of the the, the the lowest slumps the year they won the finals, and then bounce back against Milwaukee and, and Golden State. Like like he didn't miss a beat. So he, when you talk about a tough minded person. You talk about a leader. You talk about somebody that I'm sure, and I don't know his upbringing, and I don't know his whole career path, but I'm sure he's been doubted a lot. I'm sure he's been an underdog a lot. And for him to be in his place, the battles that he had to win, that's not going to change. So if he has two or three bad games after an all-star season last year and after a great start to the season and have you know two weeks of a bad season, which may be six games or four games, you know, he's going to bounce back. He is who he is. He's a tough-minded person, a very good player, still an underrated player in my mind in this NBA. And and there's no worry at all when it comes to Fred Van Vliet. And I don't think there's any worry at all from, from Fred, most most importantly, because he has the confidence in himself and he has the work ethic and the know-how and ultimately he has the game. So there, there's, there was never a doubt in my mind when, when he was going through a struggle because every player goes through a struggle for sure. 
Yeah, and, and you know, Malachi being back in the rotation over the weekend and, and you know, showing some flashes, uh, you know, on the court with his scoring, you know, after after the loss on Friday, Fred was asked about Malachi and like without fully saying it, he did endorse wanting to see uh, a second guard on the floor with him. Um, and like as as uh, as we always say, you know, you're an all time great Raptors point guard. Um, and, and, you know, with your experience, like what is it for for Fred, especially with the way that the lineup is constructed? He's often playing with like four other, you know, six, nine forwards out there. You know, what, what's, you know, why do you think Fred is, is, would be pushing to, to have more two point guard lineups out there with, with, with a Malachi? I mean, once again, <laughs> you're trying to figure things out when you're losing. And, you know, so as a player, you, you look, a coach, a coach wants to, you know, keep pushing their philosophy and their style, right? They're, they're trying because they know the importance of consistency. They, they they know the importance of, you know, cracking the struggles in order to get to where you want to get to. And it takes a lot. It takes patience. It takes, you know, it takes it, it, consistency. And as a player, you're looking for the right now while you're out there on the court. What's going to work? What's going to work? I'm not trying to keep doing what coach asked me to do if it's not working in my eyes. The coach sees it from a different lens. So, you know, if you're talking about a Fred or any type of player, they may see something or may feel comfortable individually if someone else is out there or a different style is played or whatever the case may be. So that's just the dynamic of a player being out there trying to figure out on the fly or trying to figure out what makes everything moves a little better at that time. A coach is for the long haul. A coach is understanding the importance of putting all this work in and making sure we continue to put it in because it's a it's a different road down it's a different line down the road. So I think that's where Fred probably is. He probably feels a little more relief when he has another guard. But once again, this team has been very unique with size and length out there. And they've been having they had the most success in the past with that in the past couple in the past year. So that's the challenge as well. But Malachi is doing his thing, always being ready. And that's all you can ask for as a young man, be professional and be productive whenever their number is called. Yeah. I can't imagine that can be easy. It's just, you know, obviously you put the work in, like you mentioned, you're a pro, but not knowing and sometimes going stretches weeks at a time with, without getting your number called like that can't, can't be easy for someone like him. No. No, that, that's that's tremendously hard, and that's why you have to take your hat off. And only only the people that's been in that situation really understand what Malachi has gone through. So I've been in that situation. I've been in a situation where I've played, I've not played, I've played well and still haven't played. i played poorly, and then I, I was needed. So you play poorly and you need it, your confidence may not be there. You play well and you're just not getting a nod. Now you, you have doubt. You're uncertain. Now how do you prepare to keep yourself in tune with the game? So emotionally, he's going up and down, right? It possibly. I mean, I don't know him that I don't know him well at all, but he could be going up and down emotionally. Confidence wise could waver a little bit. But when you have someone like a Fred that's endorsing you or you have your teammates constantly encouraging you and when you get in the game and it's your time, that, that helps a lot. And even when a coach, if he's not playing you, that communication and just making sure that, you know, that that's being displayed as well. So when you do get in there, you have your confidence, you get comfortable and you're putting the work in on your own. And that's the most important part. You're putting the work in, you're prepared, you're in shape, you're all of these things. So when your number is called, you go out there and play your style of ball and make sure it helps the team win. And once again, Malachi has been doing a very good for the past two years. 
You know, I think he's been doing a very good job of being ready. He might not play as well as the other games, but he's ready to go out there and play, and you pretty much know what you're going to get from a Malachi Flynn. And that's professionalism, and that's just him growing as a young man in this NBA, and it's only going to help him down the road. Yeah, uh, and before I let you go, Alvin, you know, we talk so much, obviously, about the Raptors and comparing them from last year to this year. I wanted to ask you, too, like, how, how are you finding, you know, your second year, you know, doing, doing you know, this new role with, with Sportsnet com- compared to last year? Oh, man, I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed it last year. Um, but, you know, this year, I feel good. Matt, Matt Devlin, man, is helping me so much. I think he's becoming more comfortable with me. I think he's realizing he can joke on me a little bit. I think <laughs> he cracks a couple of jokes about me. So we, we're having fun out there, man. Like, I'm, I'm having a blast and you know, I, I couldn't be asked for any any anything more, man. I'm I'm, I'm learning on a job. I'm getting I'm getting lessons from my from 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 my my my, uh, my coach, my broadcasting coach. Nice. And and all these things are coming together. So hopefully I can continue. Hopefully they'll bring me back and I, <laughs> and I can continue to grow and um and have fun because once again I love being in in Canada. I love being in Toronto. I love covering the Raptors. I mean that's that's near and dear to my heart. And, and it's just something that I'm really, really enjoying. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep making these mistakes. I know that. I, I sit there and I'm like, damn, I kind of pronounced that word wrong. And <laughs> all this crap. So, so, but it's fun. It makes me feel like a player again because I, I get the jitters. And, but I also get satisfaction once, once you get through once you get through the game and, and you're looking forward to the next games and see what you can do better. So, so it's really, it's really enjoyable for me. Yeah. Do you find yourself being like as hard on yourself as you used to, maybe as a player, uh, or is that comparable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have the producers. You know, they they're always telling me, they're encouraging me, but they're also letting me know what I need to be doing or what I should do and what I can do a little better, a little more of, and and just finding that niche. And Matt is also Matt is giving mm-hmm. me some, you know, the the value that he's bringing me is just I can't even I can't even explain I can't even explain and and put a measure a measurement on it, but um, just being around good people. And it's just like if you're, if you're a young player, the better team, the better team you're around, the better you will become. You know, I don't want to be drafted number one and have to go to a, a bad team. <laughs> hey, I, don't, I don't want that. So I'm, I'm rather be drafted or not get drafted and be a free agent or whatever and then get picked up and get put on a, uh, put on a top-notch team because that's how I'm going to learn and grow and I don't have that much pressure on me. So it, it's been a great combination. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad to be in this position right now. Yeah, no, you, you and Matt are obviously awesome. Uh, how upset does Matt get when you guys go to arenas and you guys don't get to sit courtside? Because he always reminds us of that on the broadcast when you guys hey. are way up. <laughs> it's funny, right? Because Matt is a vet, right? So he knows everything that's going wrong, whether we're way up, whether the air pieces, whether it's not sugar in his tea, what, like every like the monitors, like he knows everything that's not on point, and I don't know anything. I'm like, hey, uh, this is all good to me. I know we're in the top of the building, but isn't this how it's supposed to be? Or so I'm just I'm learning on the job, man. Like ignorance is bliss. So I, I don't have any pressure on me. I, I'm just learning now what's supposed to be what and how things are supposed to be done. Because but Matt once again is truly professional, even though when there's mishaps. The way he speaks to people and the way he communicates with people on the side, and it's just once again being a true professional, being courteous, being conscious of other people and their feelings, having empathy. Like I, I really look at him like, wow, man, because there are there are some mishaps, but um, Matt really handles it 
as a professional with poise. So it's just great being around that dude, man. I'm having so much fun with him. Yeah, no, I can tell you are. And I love seeing the personality shine through and just the chemistry between you two. Well, listen, Alvin, I appreciate all your insight as always. And I'll catch you at an arena soon. And uh, happy holidays to you if we don't talk before then. Same to you, Alex. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. I think that's a good spot for us to take a break. When we come back, Willu makes his return. I'm your host, Alex Wong. You're listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connext Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Alex Wong. Producer Derek, is Willu there? William Lou? I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Yo, it's so creepy hearing you over the music playing, man. What's what's good, my brother? How you doing, man? Yo, you sound tough, man. You sure you, you sure you want to do this? No, I'm good. I'm good for it. I'm good for it. Yo, Did you hear the React Pod last night? Yeah, man. Did you? I was gone off the Robitussin. I'm not kidding. Yo, that one, that one was a tough. Get this one. man a promoted ad for promoted tweet for Robitussin, man. I was Let's on that Tussin, man. Let's get it done. Oh man, I'm so, I'm so glad you're back, man. This guy is joining his own show remote, man. What kind of clout is this, man? Yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, definitely feeling a lot better today. So, mm. uh, you know, able to help you on the show, obviously. Oh, Salute man. to you, first off, for holding it down. I know that's not easy, you know, um, you because know, I was listening, obviously, from the start. And um, <laughs> when, when Alvin wasn't on the line at exactly 2 p.m., um, and you had to tap dance for two minutes there. I know how tough that was for you. So respect to you and your game, first and foremost. Nah, bro, you weren't familiar with my game. I actually requested Brandeo to let me tap dance. Because <laughs> I just thought it would be okay. a better open for people that hear the podcast. Because, you know, I just wanted to tee it up, you know. This man, okay. man messaged me. This man's been messaging me at 10 in the morning every day, giving me a medical report. This is really yeah. what Blake Murphy and shouts to, you know, Eric Kareem, Michael Grange. They all check the injury report in the morning. Yep. And, and this yep. is what I've been getting from you, man. And, you know, today you, you marked yourself as as out again and, and then told me about your dental, like your dental fillings or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's a lot of things happening at once, you know. Uh, there's two you things. Know, dealing with the non-COVID illness <laughs> oh my and then God. this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, but I appreciate you holding it down. But I'm here. I'm here. You want to talk about uh, this mess of a team? What's uh, going on? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I've seen you in the chat, too. And I saw yeah, one of the yeah. things you're asking for is, and this was talked about actually yesterday at the arena. I'd be happy to fill you in on all the things that oh, you've yeah. missed on the arena this weekend. Can't wait. <laughs> Yo, put Willu's head on this graphic on YouTube, man. Oh. 
<laughs> um, and people are asking, like, at some point, is is Masai or Bobby going to schedule a press conference and let's talk do, about this? Is this what you no, want? I, I think I think this is something that should happen. Um, just because, look, I, I think there's it's clear that the, the <laughs> fan base is not very happy right now, and it's not to say that every single time fans are unhappy that the you know the front office got to step down and like make some sort of appearance. But I mean, we all know what it's like, right? Like the fact that they had a three game homestand. And, like, it wasn't the toughest of homestands, right? Like, it's like it's Sacramento playing, like, their third game in four nights, you know, on the second half of back-to-back after they just got blown out. It's it's Brooklyn where they've already beaten you three times. Like, you know, okay, okay, Brooklyn's been playing well. You know, I'm not going to say that that was not an easy game. But then you come with Steph Curry, with Steph Curry and, and, and Wiggins are out. And, you know, like, you should at least take one of those, right? The first time the Raptors have had a three-game winless homestands in, like, almost a decade. So, like, I think there are standards that the Raptors have set for themselves, and I think that people would probably want to hear from the front office to at least answer some questions in terms of, like, where is this going? Like, do you intend to to add some pieces? Like, you know, like, what's our way out of this, right? Because when you're watching the product and, and you're seeing the Raptors get down, 10, 15 points in the first quarter because they're giving up 35 to 40 points. Meanwhile, you're being told that our franchise is built on defense, right? And and honestly, you don't need to be told that. You can just look at the actual roster itself. Clearly, they value defense first and they're going to teach them things like offense. You're going to wonder in terms of where this thing is going. So, yeah, I think you would like to hear from the front office. Um, I'm not sure like what they'll specifically say. They'll probably come in here and just be politicians as always. Cause that's like, a <laughs> Yo, they're going to have the presser at history, man. <laughs> oh man. I, I can't a, wait. I if, can't wait to go there a fourth time. If there's catering up there, man, <laughs> let's make yeah. sure, let's make sure it's in the evening, man. So I can get some dinner food. <laughs> Yo, Yo, this I'm is the a- first time I've seen my own graphic. <laughs> so I'm watching the YouTube stream. This thing looks this thing looks wild, man. Get me back in the office. I'm coming back tomorrow for Blake Murphy Tuesday. Man. Oh man, shows shows to our YouTube producer Jennifer Rolnick, man. I requested it and it happened. Mm. Um I'm actually against that in terms of having a Bobby or Masai speak. I think really? at this point we talk about words versus actions. I don't care about what any of these guys say at this point. Oh, like the fair. players, the front office, the head coach. It doesn't matter to me. Like, if Joel Embiid's going to drop 60 tonight, you know, like, it, what, what, oh. what do any words matter? Like, no, if you're, if, like, if you're yeah. a front office, like, I, and if you are trying to, and I know they are, like, actively, you know, looking at ways to improve the roster, looking at ways for, for the team to get out of this, I just want them to make those, take those actions. Like, I don't, you know, like, it's 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 cool when Masai comes out and slaps the word win on, on the Noah scoreboard and stuff. But, you know, that's the only win I've seen. <laughs> like, it, like you know, there are two wins this month. I keep saying was a, a blowout against Orlando, which they needed a players-only meeting and getting humiliated in New Orleans and Brooklyn before they show some pride and won. And the other win was against AD and LeBron without, without AD and LeBron at home against the Lakers. Like, those aren't even legitimate wins. So, like, you're looking at a team that's gone, like, what, two, two and a half weeks now without, like, a result. And, like, I don't think we should, like, sugarcoat it at all. Like, even when you're talking about this homestand, like, that loss to Golden State yesterday was just embarrassing. Like, No, that was that was so hard to watch. Uh, my, my least favorite play was, you know, the Warriors went into a zone, which they had done from basically the first quarter onward for, for extended stretches. But they went to a zone, and it was literally Scotty. 
passing to Fred on the perimeter, then passing back to Scotty, then standing in place, then passing to Malika on the opposite wing, dribbling, standing in place, passing it back to Scotty, dribbling, standing in place, passing it back to Malika <laughs> on the perimeter, dribbling, standing in place, and then pulling off for three. Like, I, I mean, there's just got to be more to this, man. That's just not. That's just not how the game is played. Like, it's, you know, and, and <laughs> you then, were calling. You were saying they're running the George Mike in offense. Was that on Friday? <laughs> no, that was the other day against Brooklyn. When every single play was just a post up. <laughs> Yo, they're like, pl- playing like you. Come on, I, I know there's got to be more playing that goes into this, man. Especially because the defense is also really bad. Like you. So. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's just as a as a viewing product, like it, it's really <laughs> tough. It does remind me a little bit of Tampa in, in the sense that, like, I remember in Tampa, there are only two types of games. There was the ones where the Raptors would lose right off the jump, and you knew that they was going to lose because they didn't play any defense and they mm. just got blown out the whole way. Or there was a type of loss where they would fight hard, maybe even have the lead, but in the end, come down to a close game and lose. And that's like the only two types of like performances we've seen in this past month. I mean. You, you go back to this stretch where, you know, you, you've had these, like, huge first-quarter blow-ups. Um, you know, that seems to be a problem once again, right? You know, they had that team meeting, but then, you know, you see it again here. Um, you saw it again, in the, you know, in, in the Orlando game, the second time that they lost, they gave up, like, 37. It, it's just, there's just too many problems with the team right now, you know? And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you got to throw away the whole team. I think that, uh, you know, you. I still do believe that if you bolster the center position and really limit how much they have to sort of help in the pain and, and they can probably stay much more closer to their shooters on the perimeter and, you know, have somebody on the offensive end who can finish consistently at center. Because, like, I, get, I don't want to single anybody because it's really not on any specific person. But sometimes I look at the roster and I'm just like, for, like we started Wancho and and, uh, and Christian Coloco yesterday. They had a combined six points. And I'm looking at Coloco in particular and I'm just thinking about, okay, when was the last time he had two baskets made? And I went over his whole season logs and there are 19 games. he's pl- So first off, he's played all 30 games. So good for him. But like there are 19 of those 30 games where he's made one or zero baskets total. <laughs> this guy's like good for him. Good attendance record. No, but come on. Like, no, what but are we I talking was, about no, here? I was asking, I was talking to Alvin about it too. Like I, you can't put any blame on Coloco. Like that's just on the roster. That's just on the fact that Nick and, and the team, like they have to be playing him right now. And if you're trying to win right now, you shouldn't be playing Christian Coloco. He should be well, carpooling with, with Ron Harper jr. To, to Paramount fine foods. Like, yeah, that's, that's what should be happening. Um, Why do they recall Jeff Down Jr. just to have him sit on the bench? I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> what was going on? Like they were like, okay, Nick Nurse. First off, like the, the team's a mess, right? You you look at like Malachi, for example. I was looking through his game logs. There was a stretch of ten games recently where Malachi got four DNPs mm. and it didn't play more than six minutes in any of these uh, ten games. Okay, no, he so played. He DNPs. played in that. He played in that AJ Griffin game uh, in Atlanta. Sure, and then yeah, I think yeah. he played in the Pistons game when they were on the road, and then he just disappeared until yeah, exactly. until Friday. No, until until Friday, and then Nick's like, you know what? I can't believe Malika hasn't been playing more. <laughs> I don't know who's at the who's at the root of this. <laughs> so he ultimately he's like, we're all trying to find out who did this. <laughs> exactly. So then he ends up playing 37 minutes of Malachi in that <sighs> Brooklyn game. Um, he ends up closing the game with Malachi, <laughs> and which actually I thought did a good job of opening up the floor and spreading the floor so that Scotty could really attack. Mm-hmm. That was one of the few times where I was like, oh, wow, the Raptors actually had the floor decently spaced. Of course, I didn't end up winning the game, but that was obviously a pretty exciting one. 
and then yesterday you're seeing Malachi just like outright start in the third quarter. Bro, our adjustment our adjustment Birch start in the third quarter. Our adjustments. Oh my god! Malachi start are we in Tampa? So these are bad signs, bro. The last two weekends, the big adjustment coming out in the second half has been last week in Orlando was start Kem Birch, and this week was start Malachi. Like it's it's tough. And before we move off this too, like you mentioned, your favorite possession was them trying to fight the zone. (laughs) (laughs) I got two. (laughs) One was when they missed five shots in one possession. Just on, to, just the Raptors the, are number one in rebounding. They, they, they love they love offensive rebounding. They're like Raps won the possession battle again. I'm like, oh yeah, that's five <laughs> possessions in one play. I'm not calling that winning anything, man. That's and, not winning basketball. There Sorry. was another one in the second half. You know, if you if the Robitussin kicks in, you should clip this one. Is when uh-huh. they shot two air balls. I think Fred shot an air ball and then Chris grabbed a rebound and also shot. Uh, they got that was yo, Delano. That, yeah, 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 it was Delano. Like two. How do you get two shot attempts and still have a 24 second violation? Like that's insane to me. Like okay, the wildest part about that, oh I know exactly God. what you're talking about. It was after the Warriors called timeout, the Raptors had the ball, <laughs> oh, man. and then so this is after a timeout. So first off, the decision made for the lineup was this was a three Fred, guard lineup. It was Malachi a three point guard Delano lineup yeah. with Chris with Chris Boucher and Christian Coloco at the center. Okay, so somehow on a team of all six nine guys, we have no six nine guys on the floor. Okay, no wings, just small guards, and then and then and then random lanky centers. And then the play that they come out with exactly. Where you, I know what you're talking about. They give the, the ball to Boucher at the top after Delano tries to drive, had to bail out, give it to Boucher. Then they're like, okay, we got it. Like you can't just give Boucher the ball at the top. We got to have one of our three point guards come to get the ball. Fred and Delano both cut to the ball to the point where they're cutting each other off. Okay, Delano ultimately wins that fight with his own teammate for the ball, then drives in and takes another contested pull-up, and this time it's an an air ball. So, um, yeah, uh, trust me. And it's funny because going the other way, the Warriors literally get a wide-open dunk the other way. It it looked like they were playing two different – like sports last night, bro. They were getting the crushed by. They were getting crushed by every green. Draymond, Jermichael. <laughs> Yo, they were running green, green pick and rolls, man. Everybody was a green light. God. Jordan Green was out there scoring forty three. <laughs> oh, Jordan Poole was at Medieval Times yesterday. He was feasting, bro. Like I didn't see who. I didn't see any resistance. And then at one point, Clay just drove right by Scotty. And I'm like, didn't Clay have two surgeries? Like, oh uh, man, it's uh, no. The team's down bad. It's uh, a mess right down, now. The only only thing down bad more than the team is me. But uh, <laughs> no, it's and it's top man. I got Philly tonight. Like, I can't wait. That, that's a get that sixty point graphic ready for for Joel Embiid. And <laughs> the Knicks are on a seven game win streak right now, and yep. and they're gonna play them on Wednesday. And and Cleveland's one of the top teams in the East. And I'm sure well, they're going to Cleveland yeah. was the last like good win that we had. <sighs> when we think back at the at the start of this stretch, remember because we beat Cleveland, we we held them to like I, for, it was a it was like 88 points effort. or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that that was when Pascal came back and the only thing that was awkward was like, you know, Gary and Scotty came off the bench and then Scotty gave that very, you know, muted interview about it. But like you know, the whole thing was very positive. The Raptors beat Cleveland and it was like, okay, we got Pascal back. 
we're, we're mostly healthy. Let's go on this run. You look at the schedule, a lot of soft teams, at least just on paper, right? You're like, oh, Orlando three times, Sacramento's coming in, you know, like Golden State's not playing well on the road. Like they literally only had two road wins all season coming into last night, and then they just played like, you know, nah, they, they were undefeated They, they the should have had like, the game at medieval times, man. It was just pure chicken on the table, man. Even Ty Jerome uh, coming in, licking his lips, man. Yo, Ty Jerome, oh, man. What, I mean, to be fair, though, he was just like, one of those, like, he was just pulling up from like 30 feet. I was like, I've seen you, I've seen lots of Warriors games. You don't, you don't do this normally. You know things are bad. But I guess everyone had the green light, I guess. Yo, you know? Draymond came in and just hit three threes right away, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? And he was, like, flashing his right hand like Booker T every time he hit a layup. <laughs> like, the disrespect, uh, like, you, we keep saying, like, oh, the Raptors need a game to just get right. Right now, the Raptors are the get-right game for everyone else. Exactly. Like it's, That's the main issue. Every single team comes in here and says, don't worry, we got the Raptors on the schedule. Like, we got this. Like, you know? it's wild. Like, I respect the guys that were still on that Warriors roster, but without Stefan and, and Wiggins, like, come on. Especially when you're desperate for a win. If if you if you weren't looking up at the banner above them, you would never know that the two franchises are at the same level three years ago. You know, Man. and and to me, it was just like, look, the Warriors have a system, right? Like all these teams that are able to continue surviving without uh, some of their key players is because of the fact that they have a system in place and they can plug other players into their roles and then just keep going, right? <sighs> to be honest, last night Jordan Poole just hopped into that Steph Curry role. They ran the same kind of plays. And stuff like that, and and he obviously he was very effective. Like I don't even, even if Steph played, I don't know if he would have scored like forty three like the way Jordan did, right? So they they have guys who can step into the roles. They play their system. They know how to play. You know, it's beautiful basketball. It's guys splitting off of each other for cuts, on ball, off ball, dribble handoffs. The motion is consistent. They're attacking the glass. Like they work well as a team. And so even with you know main absences, they can continue to roll like they did. Versus on the Raptors side, I was I was listening to the post game interviews, and Nick's like, well, you know, we're missing a couple guys, and 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 Fred's like, you know, I don't know if we're built to play with injuries. And I'm just like, guys, we can't be talking about this when they're missing Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins. Like, where's the system in place for the Raptors where you can plug other guys in and replace some of the roles that other guys were missing? Yes, it really hurts to miss OJ and Obi, who's your best defender. It hurts to have. Gary Trent Jr. out of the lineup because he provides a scoring punch for you. You know, obviously, Precious and Otto are valuable rotation bench pieces for you as well when they're healthy. But come on, like, this is the middle of the season. You look across the league, everybody's on an injury report somewhere. You still got to be able to perform. And, and, and for the rest of the guys, you know, who are plugged in, they look like they were, you know, a fish out of water. Like, every time Delano Banta comes into the game, I'm not sure what he's supposed to be doing. And I don't, it doesn't feel like I'm sure he knows what he's supposed to be doing, right? So, yeah, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of problems going on right now. Uh, is it is it time for a whole new game? Yeah, just watch the clock. You know, we got I got to be out here at two fifty five and back oh, home enough. by three fifteen. And uh, now it's time for between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Will the line for tonight's game? The Raptors are in Philadelphia. Second half of a back to back. The Sixers are seven and a half point favorites. That's it. Yep. Okay. So I'm guessing the pick is Philly. OG Ananobi, the, the pick is questionable. So he the, the, is, the, he might play. Gary okay, so we're going to bring OG Ananobi back from a, from a hip pointer injury against Joel Embiid and probably have him switch on him a couple times as well. Like, is that, does that seem advisable? Nothing seems advisable. Maybe just start Kem Birch tonight and see what's good. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I actually wouldn't mind, to be honest. You know, they just need one win, one win to just feel good about themselves. You're like, you don't want this losing streak to snowball clearly, but 
Yeah. Oh, man. This Philly team right now, Tyrese Maxey is still out, but Joel Embiid is averaging 38 points in the month mm. of December. So, okay. you know, go look up the Raptors roster of bigs and then go look okay. up Joel Embiid's game logs. Philadelphia, seven and a half, I think is a smart choice tonight. Yeah, probably a lot of double teams against Joel Embiid. Sixers are going to move the ball around. I think the Sixers, too, it's just like they've played the Raptors so many times. Obviously, they they literally played a playoff series. Like, they know exactly how to counter the Raptors. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to take so, delight. If, if it's a blowout, they're going to take delight in that, man. Like, sure, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I yeah, don't think they're going to let up. Plus, what's the Raptors' road record right now? Are they, are they still at three wins? Yeah, Raptors are tied for league worse with three wins on the road. Uh, mm. The Warriors caught them yesterday. Damn. Yeah, because they played at medieval times. <laughs> it's nothing sacred anymore. Yo, <laughs> not even the road win solidarity. Come no, on. nothing is sacred. Um, okay. Yeah, so the pick is Sixers minus seven and a half. That was between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new yeah, game. Lock that in. Bought a extra minute to let you know that on Friday I did creep Utah Watanabe in the tunnel after oh. his pregame warm up. You know, gave right. him a big dap. And, you know, he was looking around. He's like, why is there just one today? And I was like, yeah, Will's out with a non-COVID illness. And he tried his best to pretend he cared. <laughs> he was like, oh, wow. okay. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. I'm just going to hit a game winner. <laughs> he kind of laughed. He kind of laughed, too. I think he just uh, thinks we're just funny dudes. So, uh, anyways. Funny enough to go to Robin with? No. <laughs> his agent... God. His agent yeah. has been messaged, so we're into the year 2023 to, oh, to, to land an interview. I'm sure that that's what his agent's <laughs> responding to a week before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> one of the most popular athletes on earth. Is, yeah. it, will he go and, to Robin and, in and, another oh. city with a random person? No, I'm not even asking for Robin. I'm asking, for, go, man. I'm asking for an interview on the show, man. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, let's I'm, do that. Uh, anyways, uh, hope you feel better tomorrow. If not... I guess I'll be here with Blake. No, no, I'm back tomorrow. Don't worry. I appreciate you for toning it down. I know how hard this is for you. Man, I don't even got water at my condo today. They shut off the water valves. Like, you know, I take, you know, I famously take five showers a day. You're just admitting on air that you're on shower. That's (laughs) well, I showered four times yesterday. If that counts, that doesn't count. (laughs) All right, that does it for us. That's probably why your car has no water. (laughs) That does it for us for today. I'm your host, Alex Wong. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review our show. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks again to what? Producer and co-host Alex Wong. That's myself. To Will Lou, who's still there? Okay. Yo, please log off, man. Our, bod, no. our board producer, Derek Brandeo, and Jennifer Rolnick for helping us with the YouTube stream and putting out three different photos of Will Lou on the, on the YouTube. Uh, Will, we'll talk to you tomorrow.